You are now listening to Cult Cinema Catacombs. These films exist. Shop for uh, what was the movie that has Elijah Dushku in it? <laughs> uh, Soul Survivors. Soul Survivors. I, that was a trailer for the uh, screener of The Calling that I had. Which the only <laughs> the only positive thing I can say about that movie is there's a scene where a hamster gets impaled. Um, <laughs> uh, it's all for you, Damien, but it's a hamster. And then. Um, I then I watched China Strike Force with Mark DeCostas and Coolio. Um, oh, the thrift stores have been good to me for VHS tapes recently. <laughs> <laughs> All right, start the thing if if you need to. Oh, it's been going on. Oh, goddamn it! Of course yeah, it has. So and no, I'm. This is not the love child of Harvey Firestein and Tom Waits, folks. This I'm, is. I'll be playing Robin <laughs> Williams, and you'll be playing Harvey Firestein in this production of Ma. This is Not Fire. Ma. Uh, <laughs> sleigh bells ring are you listening whore yeah that, that's that's tom waits christmas album right there um this is roy this is a post cancer surgery roy on uh my throat uh welcome to cold set of catacombs we weren't going to do an episode this month but as i'm laying there recovering which by the way we've got the cancer out of my body so i yeah. can actually say i'm a cancer survivor we shouldn't be making light of Roy's cancer surgery, but um, also I'm me, so I'm. <laughs> well, he survived. He's a survivor now, so he can take yeah. it. Well, here's the here's the thing is is they want me uh, in January, and it won't be until January because there's a supply chain issue for the iodine right now. I do have to ingest radioactive iodine to kill the last of the cells of my thyroid in my body just because they don't want it to spread. Here's the great thing about when I have to swallow this radioactive iodine. I have to stay in a hotel for a week because I will be radioactive. Yeah. And they have already informed me that for a couple of nights, my body will indeed have a light glow to it. So I'm going to be like Mr. Burns in that X-Files episode. I'm all for this. This is this is fantastic. There's This is great. Can you document this? I'm, I'm documentation. yes. So, yeah, basically, I can't be around uh, animals. I can't be around children. I can't be around the elderly. And I can't be around pregnant women. So... Um, since I live with my mother-in-law currently with my living situation, uh, I can't stay in the house. So I have to get my own hotel room for a whole week, which makes me go, you know what? It sounds like a good idea. Cause if I'm going to be radioactive and if I am going to glow, I'm probably going to keep people up at night. Yeah. I mean that, and, uh, the fact that 
they're living with Harvey Firestein or her, <laughs> going to get milk out of the fridge at four in the morning. So I'm going to be like Karen Silkwood. And so Chris would be basically like the share character from that movie. OK, um, well, as so. opposed to Chris being the share character from every other share movie. Exactly. Yeah, cool. So I, I want to start this by saying something. Okay. I. First of all, I'm glad that you're okay. We were all very worried. I was especially yeah. worried, um, but I'm glad that you're good. Um, that out of the way, I received today, um, I don't know if you know who, um, uh, God, I can't even function right now. Um, Josh Stifter is, does that name mean anything to you? No. Okay, so he is the guy that directed and and created the Greywood plot. Um, okay. Okay. Yeah, I have so not had a chance to see the Greywood you, plot yet. I, of all people, I've been whoring this movie out on Twitter, and my podcast partner hasn't seen it. You need to see it, because it's insane. Well, you haven't seen the movie that we're talking about on this episode. No, so but... It's fair play. <laughs> it's, yeah, fair dinkum, I guess. But I, um, back in the Wayback Machine, I had... Um, he was selling box, like... Like, um, like uh, boxes for his first movie and it finally came today and it's the movie's called the good exorcist and uh, it came with the blu-ray from uh trauma because it's trauma backed oh, so nice. it came with the trauma backed good exorcist blu-ray as well as a shirt a bunch of pins and buttons the comics that he's created based on it so thanks josh it's great it's awesome, awesome. everybody i will continue to to uh, shout it from the rooftops, give this run and gunner all your money because he's making weird ass movies that are awesome. So awesome. that that was my plug for the day. Gotcha. <laughs> so I wanted to also thank everybody. I want to take a chance to thank everybody out there and like the mutant family and the horror community and all my friends and everything. I mean, you guys are just fucking awesome, and I'm absolutely overwhelmed by your love and your generosity. I mean. When I asked for help for the bills, you guys came in massively to help. I was able to pay the bills within 48 hours. So thank you guys so, so much. I don't have any debt, at least for now. Uh, we'll wait and see what insurance says. But, uh, yeah, there's no lingering debt right now for the, the cancer surgery and everything. So, again, thank you guys so, so much. You, you have no idea how much that means to me. I, I, was actually, I was actually in there the day after surgery, and when I saw that I had enough money to pay the bills, I was actually crying. So thank you again so much. I got so many messages from so many people. I was, I was acting as your press agent at one point because they were like, do you think it'd be okay to do this for Roy? Do you think it'd be okay? I'm like, Roy will take any, yes, yes. Do you want, <laughs> you want to send dick pics? Yes. Whatever it is, do it. <laughs> the weirder, the better. Let's get it going. Let's get it going. Um, I know. Roy, I... <laughs> like, like, I don't think you understand. Like, would it be in bad taste to post this pic? Do, do you, what? Listen to the podcast. <laughs> just, just, no, no, there's no, we don't believe in bad taste. All right. Just do what you got to do. Yeah, I've got a very interesting uh, what I'm calling my Michael Myers knife survivor on my neck. Now. Yeah, it's great. Um, it's great. Yeah, people were saying that I should put like um, a zipper on it from Young Frankenstein or um, something yeah. into it or something like that. So, hey, uh, hey, I, I just hey, like Roy, is there, a, is there a fog bank coming in in Amnesty <laughs> Bay? Are you in a. <laughs> 
<laughs> this voice is giving me strong Barbo vibes from the fog right now. So, um, no bay. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh, I feel like uh, feel like old Tom just picked up Jamie Lee Curtis. It's like, are you a weirdo? No, let's bang and have a beer. Um, God, best move. I've been getting. Um, speaking of weirdos, I uh, <laughs> decided just for the hell of it because I'm recovering and I'm bored. Uh, to reopen my NGL account and ask for the mutant family yeah. to send me questions. And I've been getting some doozies. I, yeah, you have. Yeah, uh, you have. I, I've ranger. never once commented on one. I never re- I never put a question in, ever. So One was like, uh, what did you have for breakfast to um, your body count? And I was <laughs> like, okay, they're, they're coming with the questions. I had a repeat question, which was favorite book. but uh, Yeah, well, and there was a really good one about your co-host. Um, and I like that one a lot. Yes, yeah. That was a good one. Whoever put that in, keep it up, baby. <laughs> what's well, not me um but we're but, here tonight <laughs> well, before we get to the reason why oh, we're here, i do uh, I, okay. I i do want to talk because there's something that you and i both oh, watched yeah. During oh yeah COVID. this to me i've been wanting to see for the longest time and i and thank you shutter for dropping <laughs> just bloody, in general but bloody muscle body bodybuilder in hell thank <laughs> so much <laughs> like, for dropping the Japanese Evil Dead, I've ever since I've heard of its existence, I've wanted to see it, and it did not disappoint. Oh my god, bonkers! <laughs> Just bonkers. Thank you for giving me a um, a Halloween costume for next year. I appreciate it. <laughs> Yeah, I know. We were just making so many comments about that psychic. I was just like, oh, he's dressed for his day shift at pomp at pasta pomodoro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> buco de beppo over here in the tv he kept calling him sensei and i'm just like no this is not the karate kid this is not god <laughs> don't call him sensei <laughs> don't call the weird psychic who stands in the room in the middle of the room it is black turtleneck it is looking like he's directing a bus and truck company uh high school performs arsenic and old lace yeah because it started off as kind of like a a shot on home video like ghost story kind of maybe in the same veins as you know juan or ringu but that all changed the minute the necklace got sucked into his eyeball socket now yeah and then his eyeball here we go all right all right it's manners the i'm telling you the last 15 minutes of this movie took an hour and a half to watch (laughs) just so much happens there's no relenting at all and I want to bring friends of the show, Jeremy and Franco and Kevin in, because I really want to ask them if this is a Sentai movie, because. Oh, it got it. It has a Sentai feel. At it the has, end. Really does. Yeah, it has. An, it has a transformation scene where he goes into the smallest bodybuilder I've ever seen. And uh, it's like, are you, wait, you're a bodybuilder. You're my size, dude. Like, what? Are we... He looked like he looked like uh, Hector Macho Camacho after he, you know, recovered from pneumonia or something like that. <laughs> oh, it was great. It was 100 percent one of my favorite things that I've watched all year long, for oh, sure. It was so much fun. I I mean, I've seen Evil Death Trap and that one's fun. I didn't know there was a sequel, so I'm going to have to watch Evil I've Death never seen Trap either too. of them. Oh, so I need God. to I need to watch yeah. them while they're still on Shutter for those sure. Those are fun. Yeah, Do those we... are fun. 
since we have a opportunity and we have and we're going to have time this month because this is the only movie we're doing yeah. um i feel like roy that there is enough holiday based horror movies that we could release a a 31 days of horror holiday horror watch along type thing i was thinking oh, about easy. that earlier today i don't know why people aren't doing that like and the other thing is there's enough new stuff coming out mm. that you could do like the 12 days of new like feel like like oh how like halloween's over normally yeah like there isn't anything any new content after halloween like it's a it's a drought until august or september of of like non extremely niche horror stuff but this year, it's just continuing. Like oh, yeah, we got Violent Night coming out with David Harbour. Oh, I mean, oh yeah, and, and it's getting Dude. a major push. Also, it's not like you know something that they're just gonna like lightly release or something like that. No, they went balls to the wall with the advertising for this thing. I didn't need a trailer. All I had to hear was <laughs> David Harbour. David Harbour as yeah. Santa Claus, where yeah. they take the 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 the. The movie within a movie from Scrooge to enter <laughs> right? a movie. That's all I needed to know. And I'm like, okay, I'm one, sold. The one that's coming to shutter the animatronic killer Santa Claus movie. Yeah. I can't think of the name now. But there's just like it's how horror movies are now the we know that horror sells. We know mm. that people make money. They can make money making horror movies cheap if they make them right and they make them crazy enough. Uh barbarian. Um, I don't care. Say what you want about Halloween uh, ends. It made a shit ton of money. Yeah, uh, you know, X, Pearl, X2 is coming out. Um, any of the A24 stuff, it makes money. Like mm -hmm. you're going to see a ton of it now because guess who doesn't have money? Hollywood. So you're going to see just a shit ton of, of good horror movies coming out, which is yeah, fantastic. Um, well, like this month we have um, we have the menu, which I'm dying to see. Yes. I've already got my tickets to see that. I'm really curious about Bones and all, especially yep. who's directing it. Um, and yeah, we've got uh, Violent Night coming out. <laughs> yeah, there's and there's a ton of bespoke little uh, indie horror movies that are coming. Mm -hmm. um, well, I so think yeah, the I'm, success of Krampus showed that <laughs> there is a thirst out there for Christmas themed horror. Yeah. Um, not only the success of that, but I also think the success of um, oh, what was that anthology one that came out that had uh, William Shatner's like the wraparound story with the. Uh, oh, shit. I can't remember. But yes, I know what you're talking about. Christmas horror film or something like that. It just, I, I loved every second of that one. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, there's just so much. I, you got classics like, um, of course, the Silent Night, Deadly Night movies. You've got uh, <laughs> which are getting released in 4K, right? That's yes. that's actually happening. Jesus, um, we get to see uh, Ernest Borgnine drunk off his ass, <laughs> falling around a toy shop in 4K. Wonderful, thank you for uh, that. <laughs> one of my personal favorites, which is Christmas Evil. Um, if you've never seen that one, that's a definite must see. Um, to all a good night has been dropped on Shutter, which I've been wanting to see yeah. for years. I mean, yeah, there's just a lot of, and then then of course you've got Gremlins, you know, and oh. stuff like that. So. Uh, uh, what's the uh, oh God, why can't I think of it? Uh, it's not 
um it's not what's it called the the finnish one the not strange cargo uh oh, rare exports yes, yes. Oh, so good da- oh, um, uh doll coat santa claus is another yeah. one That's, yeah oh, well i just go on yeah. tubi and search christmas horror movies and you got like 50 randos out there with seven krampus movies and uh you know like just insane awesome stuff uh it's there like i think i, I might have to pull together a list of those to to watch in december while i'm um living through my retail adjacent hellscape so we'll... <laughs> if you have none if none of you out there has ever seen the movie deadly uh deadly game uh a deadly games dial code you need to fix that because i i i swear to god that home alone ripped that movie off because (laughs) i'm i'm watching it and the first time i ever watched it it was with uh when joe bob showed it and yeah i i definitely subscribe to the theory that home alone ripped this movie off because there was so much home aloneness to the movie only imagine if home alone was die hard yeah, well, got, I mean, between that, between that and uh, and uh, Trick or Treat and uh, which uh, Phantasm movie was it? Phantasm Two with the kid at the beginning who set up all the traps in the house. Was it mm-hmm. that Phantasm? Yeah, I mean, Home Alone was not an original conceit. <laughs> Let's talk about this movie that I've never seen, that I've purposefully never seen. By the so, way, so yeah, here's the reason why we're here. So, as as you know, we were actually going to take this month off, and then we were going to start with Lillard Fair instead of this month in December. Then Mr. Farmer went and dropped a bomb on me. <laughs> I do that. our listeners what the bomb was. Oh, I have purposefully, because so many people have told me to see it, that it was one of those things where I'm like, it can't be that insane like if this many people are just like oh you go to see this movie man like okay cool um that meant it wasn't niche enough for me to see it but we're talking about manos hands of fate i've never seen it you've never seen manos the hands no. of fate and i am just like wait what how 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 so we're fixing that this month and at the same time i think we're giving birth to what I hope will be a tradition on this show where every Thanksgiving we purposely watch one of the worst films ever made to celebrate Turkey Day, basically. Um, I, you made a mention about, well, we kind of started last year with Thanks Killing. Here's the difference. Thanks Killing is fun to watch. Thanos... <laughs> is a chore to watch if you're not watching the mystery science theater 3000 version it is a chore to watch um and we will be watching the non-mystery science theater 3000 version of this it is definitely one of the worst films ever made it really is um chris loves it unironically (laughs) don't get why or how um, it tickles him. He's actually friends with one of the cast members of the film, the little girl who plays uh, Debbie. Um, he became really good friends with uh, Jackie over the years. And I would love to have her on the show, but she's busy as fuck because of this movie. <laughs> um, 
she's basically now the keeper of the kingdom with it because um, she's, I think, one of the last few remaining cast members that are alive that's attached to the film. And her father is the person who plays the main villain in the movie, the master. Um, so keep that in mind as you watch this movie, by the way. Okay. Um, so let me tell you a little bit about this this movie and in case you haven't known. What do you know about nothing. the history of this film? Okay. I know nothing. Okay, so this film was filmed in El Paso, Texas, and it was basically done as a dare. Um, Hal Warren, uh, who is a manure fertilizer salesman, basically was kind of a dare to make a movie, and he's like, I can do it, I can do it, I can do it. So he took $19,000 and uh, hired a group of actors that were there at the local community theater in El Paso, and also... um, decided he was going to write the script, direct it, and everything. A lot of stuff that should not have happened happened in this film. <laughs> for, for, for example, uh, he decided not to use location sync sound recording. Okay. And the cast was like, well, um, and in fact, this was something he said all the time. Whenever the cast questioned something about how it's going to be done in the film, his response would always be, well, I've got this studio that I could send it to and they could fix it in post. No, he didn't. <laughs> so, and I, and I don't know if you're going to be seeing um, the restored version on the link that I gave you or not. But Hal Warren also plays <laughs> the husband in this film. Keep a close eye on his face. Okay. There, there are times you actually see him mouth the word cut. Okay. To tell the, the the camera to cut. There's no editing whatsoever. So every he like would film in these spurts because that's how much time he had each time with the camera. So everything that was edited together, it was from when the take started to when the take ended. He didn't do any editing or fine editing or anything for this. And because they didn't do any location sync sound recording, he had dubbing happening and if i remember right the only people that uh dubbed were uh himself his wife and i think a couple of other actors doing all the characters and um little debbie's voice is definitely not the voice of a little girl i'll just say that okay um what else can i tell you about with this film so it suffers from um, what they were doing in Italy up until like 95, which is non, non-synchronous uh, audio recordings. OK, well, at, I mean, at one moment, you actually see the clapperboard in this film. Very nice. OK, yes. Uh, lots of insects flying into the camera and everything. Now, you're also going to question. Um, My sanity. Yes, yeah, you will question your sanity after this. But you're also going to be questioning the costume choices for the brides of the the master. Okay. Yes, you are seeing granny panties and <laughs> cone bras. And the reason that they were wearing <laughs> the most unflattering lingerie you could think of was because that actually turned Hal Warren on. Oh, okay. 
yeah, he thought granny panties and comb bras were the sexiest thing on earth. <laughs> right. Which disturbs the fuck out of me. Um, when the film made its release, it was shown at the Capri Theater in El Paso uh, right. in 1966. Okay. And it was a uh, benefit screening to help uh, a local cerebral palsy fund. Uh, they had like the whole red carpet at the Capri Theater and um, had this limo. The thing is, though, is he wanted to have every actor in the film arrive by limo. This was they made this out like, you know, Hollywood comes to El Paso. And the thing is, is, is that Hal Warren only rented one limousine. So, <laughs> so he would put he would have like a block away. Like a oh, no. Whatever. The cast members waiting. So he would have a limo drive up to the theater, let a cast member out, drive around the block, pick up another cast member, then drive back to the front of the theater. That's and have hilarious. That cast member go out. Um, when it was time for the film to start, the cast suddenly realized um, what type of film they suddenly had gotten themselves into. And so for Jackie, uh, for, for her sake, her family actually snuck her out of the theater because they didn't want her to become a um, a victim of the hate that was probably going to be happening after the film was done. Needless okay. to say, the screening did not go well. Oh, um, no. Yeah, did not go well. And the film just immediately went into obscurity. I mean, there was a couple of um, of like screenings were in there, but pretty much it disappeared. Then somehow... Mystery Science Theater 3000 got a hold of a copy of this on a VHS, and the copy that they got was obviously a copy of a copy of a copy. And they couldn't find anything on this film whatsoever. And they said, oh, we have to do this movie. And little did they realize that they created a cult phenomenon with oh, this. No. Um, and, yeah, I mean, Manos went on to become one of... Um, Mystery Science Theater 3000's biggest episodes, and it's pretty much when you think of Mystery Science Theater 3000, it's the first thing you think of is Manos in the hands I of mean, I think of Mitchell. <laughs> um, so it was done. It was it was it was done on Mystery Science 3000. They also did it on um, cinema, uh, Rift Tracks. Also did a great one, uh, a great cover of it as well. And then um, Trace, who played Dr. Forrester on the original series, once made a comment that there will never be a restored Blu-ray release of Manos, the Hands of Fate, because that's how lost it was. Wow. Okay. Well, <laughs> jump ahead to the year 2011, and an original 16-millimeter work print of the movie was found, was found by Ben Solovey in a collection of 16 millimeter films that he got a hold of and he suddenly realized i found the holy grail of cold films so he started a kickstarter to furnish getting the equipment to restore the movie in 2k oh he got the money um in <laughs> fact he got about 150 dollars of my money alone for this <laughs> Uh, so if you look at the Blu-ray release from from uh, Scorpion Pictures, you'll see my name in the credits wow. uh, because, because of this. Um, so the film was then released, restored on Blu-ray on October 13th, 2015. 
and it also contains uh, what they call the grindhouse version of the film, which is the the unrestored print that he found. Okay. Now the film currently uh, is in a copyright dispute because the film is technically in the public domain. However, there's someone who's coming forward trying to say that they do have um, the rights to the film. So I think that's the reason why the film is not available for purchase anymore, at least not the restored version of the film. But the unrestored version you're still able to find in the public domain and everything. So I'm very curious to know what print you'll be watching with the link that I gave you. Um, Because the restoration is, the movie doesn't deserve to look as good as it does with the restoration but yeah you're about ready to watch a doozy okay i'm I'm wanting it yeah i'm curious to hear how you respond to this this turd um but i think we're going to uh launch a new um thing with this where yeah every every november instead of doing our our normal movies like we do we purposely find a shit-tastic movie that has got no redeemable qualities to it whatsoever and watch it. I um, might have, I'm not going to tell you what it is. You're in like 365 days, but I might have our next one too. Okay. Cause there is another one that I haven't watched. that's going to shock your brains out and I'm oh, not going to tell you what it is for a year. So it's staying alive, isn't it? It's oh no, you know, I've seen stay alive. <laughs> Staying Alive was an awakening for me. Are you kidding? <laughs> I was going to say, one of the rare films was, to have a 0% on Rotten Tomatoes. It was I, an awakening for me only in the sense that I wanted to put uh, plastic on all of my furniture and get shag carpeting and stand in front of a mirror that had a rosary hanging from it every day of my life. Do you know how sad it is that Mac and Me has a higher rating on Rotten <laughs> Staying Alive? I don't understand that. <laughs> Because I'm me, and Staying Alive is a damn fine film, all right? (laughs) How dare they? How dare they? This man, this man had to have his face removed and swapped with another man's face. And you're going to tell me that he can't get at least 1% on Rotten Tomatoes. (laughs) Think of, think of the children. Think of, think of Christian Slater. In Broken Arrow, think of um, think of all the rhinestones that had to go into that cowboy. Think of all of the things that make uh, John Travolta great, um, and they're none of the things that you're thinking of, by the way. So, come on. All right, are you ready to finally watch? Yeah, let's do it. All righty, ladies and gentlemen, we will be right back after Andy finally watches after all these years. Manos, the hands of fate, or as um, some people have called it, mangoes, the cans of fruit, um, Geico, the insurance that saves. Why are you I, making me not watching this movie sound like <laughs> it's going to be a Paula Cole song? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's been made fun of a lot. So, yeah, I can't wait. All right, here Let's we do go. it. Where did this place come from? It wasn't here a few minutes ago. I don't care. Let's see if we can get some directions. Look, there's someone at the door.
Torgo. I take care of the place while the master is away. But the child, I'm not sure the master would approve, or the dog. The master doesn't like children. We only want to know where Valley Lodge is. Which way do we go? There is no place like that around here. Mike, I'm scared. It's getting dark. Well, Torgo, which way is out of here? There is no way out of here. It will be dark soon. There is no way out of here. No way out? Why Chris loves it unironically. I don't know what it is. Well, Chris loves it because there's a bunch of catty bitches smacking each other. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, see now if you I know to... producer Chris at all. <laughs> see, see now you need to watch the version uh, that MST3K Mystery Science Theater 3000 did because during that whole segment, um, one of the robots goes, "I think this was the reason why the film was made." Uh, yeah, yeah, you think, you think because there's no, I don't even, I don't know what the plot is. I don't know. So uh, here's what I know. I'm just going to tell you what I know. All right. Okay. Family gets together uh, to go on a family vacation to a, a resort, which is either like in downtown San Diego or in the middle of Arizona, depending uh, on which way the camera's pointing at any given time. It's actually um, supposed to be in the El Paso, Texas area. I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. But... Yeah, because that's where one would find a place called the Valley Lodge. Sure. Yeah. And, and also like you're either 30 seconds away from dense population or the scrublands where Jan and Dean are making out with his girlfriend <laughs> for four days straight or whatever. Um, so drinking that, like, drinking that cough syrup. The, the dubbing was amazing, by the way, the dubbing was amazing. Um, I'm pretty sure. Uh, what was, uh, what's uh, Marge's Marge Simpson's sister's name. <laughs> did they get that actress to dub for that girl? Cause I'm pretty sure they did. She's she, by the way. I, and I realize a lot of it is the dubbing, but she's in the running. If when I do my sweet 16, uh, worst child in horror, um, you know, uh, tournament next year. Yeah. She's in that for sure. Um, Mother, I'm cold. Mother, I'm colder. What I, what I love is one of the jokes when she's like wrestling with the dog in the back seat of the car on Mystery Size Theater 3000, one of the robots goes, Mom, the dog's being sharp again. <laughs> but so they're going on a family vacation to the lodge, right? Um, they get turned around and they end up at uh, a house, a mansion. We only see like three rooms of mm -hmm. uh, a house. I don't know um, where they are greeted by the <laughs> carekeeper of the house who MVP of the movie, just non, just nonstop. It, it, it's, uh, it's Torgo, the host of Howard Johnson's in uh, El Paso, Texas. Right. <laughs> Torgo restocker of cracker barrels. Um, <laughs> by the way, just really given up, given us just, just serving Jerry Lewis. Um, here's a, here's here's a really quick sad note about the actor though who played Torgo. Um, shortly after the film was done, he unfortunately committed suicide. Um, that is sad. 
Yeah, and it's it's not the film that drove him to suicide. That 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 was the long rumor was that he felt that his life was ruined by this film and it drove him to suicide. No, that's not what happened. Uh, he was in massive pain and oh, he really? just couldn't. Yeah, he couldn't take the pain anymore, and that's that's what made him commit suicide. I'm sure that the uh, the prosthetics that he had to wear for his legs didn't help, but um, yeah. No, no, to make him to imagine, make him look like that he's you know goat boy or something yeah. which didn't can work. You, can you imagine if he was still around like even into the because I don't know how many of these people this movie was made in what sixty? It was it was in the sixties. Yeah, I mean if he was still around today, he would be especially with as big of a cult following this thing. Yeah, some mystery like, science theater. The convention about, circuit would, oh, it would be he wild. Had lines around the block. Yeah. Yeah, it's just that sad. Um, but they meet Torgo. Torgo says that his master isn't there. Um, 1966, his, by the way. Okay. And that, that his master doesn't approve of pets or, or or children. But eventually, after the most awkward um, convert argument, I don't know what that was. <laughs> the most awful whatever, the most awkward whatever it was, he finally agrees to let them stay. Um I don't know what happens between then and <clears throat> and when the master arrives besides just like, you know, the argument that uh, the kid has with his parents during we're not going to the video for we're not going to take it. Yes, um, it's what it is. That's what I hear in my brain. And then uh, the master arrives is so the master is not Manos. Manos no, master, is the yeah. God that the master is the the mouthpiece for yeah yeah uh basically you have um what happens when you order frank zappa on wish as the mouthpiece for man right right those are all of his wives that have been gifted to him by the power of manos otherwise known as he just kidnapped them right yeah pretty much yeah and basically groomed them into being his wives yeah pretty. and they're all are they they're alive right they're alive but unconscious. Um, <laughs> For how long? Because it seems Ooh, no, like a while. Um, uh, because when they are revived, it's all of a sudden like the very stereotypical bitch fest going on, you know, with all of them discussing about what's going on. And he has that look on his face like, go, oh, I regretted waking them up. Yeah. And Tony yeah. just wants a wife. <laughs> That's all Torgo wants. No, he just Torgo, wants to get laid. Yeah, he, I was going to say, no, he doesn't want a wife. He just wants to make thick and the warm. Yeah, he's horny. Torgo is straight up horned up. And he, he just wants he just wants a wife. And he also, uh, you know how Tarantino is with feet? Mm-hmm. Torgo is with hair. Yes. Um, that was so much hair play. Awkward awkward flirting i've ever seen in my entire life and the fact that the the wife just stands there and lets it happen with this look on her face like uh <laughs> you know that was her look of fear was just uh. she's like oh no um <laughs> okay real real quick because because it, it is a theory when we see Torgo like leering at her at the window sure. and she suddenly spins around in fear and he's gone. Uh, do you think he's off in the corner masturbating? <laughs> um, 
No, I don't. <laughs> I don't. I, I think he'd probably be too scared to me. He seems to be a fairly fearful man, Torgo. Um, He's not over there playing Captain Fappy, huh? No, I don't think I don't. I don't think he's playing children of the court in the corner over there, but I don't know. Like it, it was impossible. This movie's impossible to follow and, and movies in air quotes. It was an hour long. This, uh, this, this episode of a TV show that never should have been made was, was only an hour long. Um, <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, how about the, you, how about, how about the cop? Oh, <laughs> whatever you're not doing, whatever you're not doing, don't go do it somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, man. That that cop just was like, uh, I'm glad the donuts are free. Just, just, just hassled. Why don't you go hassle the other one, man? You already hassled me three times today, <laughs> making out with my girlfriend. In the same spot, man. In the same spot, man. Like, oh, damn. I don't know. Why don't you leave me alone? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that did happen. That did happen. (laughs) This was a a horny movie. That's what this was. It definitely was. Oh, my God. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of other things that... I love that you text messaged me by saying, oh, man, poor Togo. (laughs) He'd be Torgo. He died by bitch slapping. <laughs> Man, they would just descended on him like a like a uh, like a murder of bitch slapping crows. <laughs> they were well, just smacking the shit out of him. Well, not only that, uh, not only did they like bitch smack him to death and then like set his hand on fire, but uh, the main wife, I he killed her by. First of all, ripping off her dress, and then we cut back to her, and it looks like her dress never got ripped at all. Sure. And then slapping her to death also. I was just like, oh, okay, power of the bitch slap. Okay. I mean, they were... Bitch better have my money. I mean, mean, we did watch the quintessential training video on bitch slapping and Pootie Tang, and they were very much... uh, just just pootie take bitch slapping each other up one side and down the other um i can't find it anymore but somebody actually had a clip of that sequence of him slapping the main wife and they overlaid uh the rihanna song bitch better have my money during the sequence (laughs) um (laughs) no that was that was hilarious like and especially the wife, the main wife being like, you have no power over me. Like, it's just like smacks her to death. Now, did you happen to notice um, the only way I describe them is the long red panty shields in front and back? Yes. OK. Yeah. Harold Warren wanted those to show that they were like agents of Satan. Okay. So he, he couldn't afford devil devil tails. So instead he had uh what I call period flows in between the legs of each woman with the red in the front and the back on top of the granny panties and the uh pointed bras. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was definitely uh serving uh JC Penny catalog circus nineteen seventy five page by page <laughs> that I had in my dad's shed when I was growing up. For sure. Yeah. Um, does nothing for me now, but I guarantee you at like age 13, it probably would have. Um, 
I want to talk about the Doberman picture for a second. Okay, so yeah, so 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 yeah, Pepe, the the little uh, poodle, gets killed uh, by the Doberman pincher, who, by the way, I, which I love, the reason why this dog was not fierce whatsoever was because the the actress playing Debbie, Jackie, that's her pet in real yeah. life. Well, the line when they re- when they arrived to the house. The line that was delivered by the you know the wife uh, of the vacationing couple was looking at this. By the way, one hundred percent would want um, that painting in my house. <laughs> I'm sure at this point you can find a recreation of it somewhere. Oh, I'm Jackie. I think it, it uh, sells recreations of those. You have to check up her website and find out. Okay, because I'm sure you can buy that painting somewhere. Um, I 100% want it, but she's looking at the painting. She's like, that is the most vicious dog I have ever seen. <laughs> and it's a do- and in the painting, yeah, okay. It's got like red eyes. It's obviously a Doberman picture, but it looks fairly demonic, you know? And then he comes in with this dog, this Doberman picture, which is just the skinniest, nicest looking dog I have <clears throat> ever seen in my life. Yeah, he's all like, oh, I go for walkies? Who? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like, what is this movie? By the way, did I blink and miss where our uh, protagonist got a gun from? Um, All of a sudden, he pulls the gun on Torgo, and I'm like, where did he get this gun from? From what, if I remember right, the gun was inside the glove compartment in the car. This happened while um, Torgo was leering at... um, uh, the, the the wife Maggie uh, being all like a uh, cat on a hot tin roof basically in her bedroom uh, stripping. I think that's where he went to go get the gun at that point. Okay, was it just in the car, like in the glove compartment? Yeah, it was just. The glo- oh, it's Texas, of course they're gonna have a gun. Oh, right, right. The same way that when they have exterior shots of this mansion, quote unquote. Um, there's just one of those giant wagon wheels leading up against the wall, just because Texas. <laughs> And of course, the backyard courtyard where you got giant pillars with all your wives. Well, don't you? I mean, I mean, I mean, I keep a quorum of wives. Yeah, I do. Like, you, you know where they got those pillars from? They got them from Kiss. <laughs> this was a bad movie. Like, yes. I don't. Why do we? Why is it what it is? Like, is uh, it just because, because it, it was be- so bad they found it. It's so bad that that's the reason why I mean it is de- it is known as one of the worst films ever made and it's one of those movies where when people say they've seen it all they're like oh you have watch Manos the hands of fate and tell me uh, that you've seen it all I and I think it's because the film just the lore of it that it being lost for as long as it was yeah, and suddenly resur- then resurfacing on MST3K and then. You know, when they say that there's never going to be, you know, restoration of this film, is suddenly someone finds the nitrate for the film and sure. is able to restore it. You know, just the, the lore behind I guess. it. Yeah, yeah it, it definitely is not a good film, but there are people like Chris who love it unironically. I, I don't have a leg to stand on. I'm the same way with Troll 2. So right. I, but Troll, I can't. In I my can't. opinion, Troll 2 has some redeeming qualities like you know what i mean like troll 2 has some redeeming qualities it has some production value um it uh, it has uh ace it has synchronous voice to tape at the same time (laughs) (laughs) 
the dubbing absolutely was uh, New York Ninja style, but unironic, where what they were saying definitely was not what was coming out of the mouths sometimes. The man, yes. The child, no. Okay, what about that ending? Oh, the ending, you know what? I'll say this for the ending. Um, You don't see it a whole lot anymore, you know? Um, But yeah, like, okay, so, you know, they need a new caretaker. This is how he replenishes his... um, his his staff of of caretakers is by you know people and that he can abscond with from and his brides and his brides yeah exactly um <laughs> i will say this um the um the haircuts in this movie are unconscionable <laughs> they should they should feel really, really badly about the haircuts. I can forgive the rest. I think one but, woman had a Gibson girl haircut in this movie. <laughs> I remember right. I'm like, wow, trying to bring the Gibson girl look back, huh? It's just, just bad. Oh, God. It was a bad movie. I mean, I think it was supposed to, you know, it's supposed to be. So, yeah. Um, I would say at this point, just for. Um, the fact that it is what it is, you kind of have to watch it, you know, because it's so zeitgeisty that you it, that if you like cult movies, you have to watch Manos Hands of Pain. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't have very many redeeming qualities. I'll be <laughs> honest. Now, there is a sequel and a prequel that came out in 2018 to Manos the Hands of Fate. Um, the prequel is called the Manos the Rise of Torgo. And the sequel is called Manos Returns. And um, the thing with Manos Returns is that it stars Jackie Newman. Again, she comes back. And it also features the final screen performance of Tom Newman as the master. So they come back for the movie. Um, But the roles of... um, the, the, the role of Torgo is recast, but Torgo is back in all three films. Okay. Okay. <laughs> of course he is. Why should they make any sense? Why should there be continuity? <laughs> uh, yeah, the editing was, was, was bad. The music. Did you, did you see how many times you, did you see how many times the director said cut? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can we talk about the music for a second? Uh, oh, the ballad the of Torgo was, uh, it was hypnotic. <laughs> I will say that. It was hypnotic. And it just kept going. That's all. It was that for for 10 to 15 minutes at a time. And then the sound of the cat just like walking across the keyboard. And then, and then, then that was not enough. They got some random jazz singer from some local nightclub to sing the music for yeah. the movie. <laughs> That, that opening number was like when she's hitting those notes i'm like oh my god but i i have to admit i actually like the song the closing credits uh forgetting you i like that song actually yeah. um in fact for the longest time i used that on sassy cast for the ending <laughs> song um but yeah, uh, so so now you have to actually watch the MST3K episode, so you okay. can, so now you can join the rest of us and laugh at 
Manos, The Hands of Fate. Um, um, there's there is a um, I mean there there is not only um, the MST3K episode. Uh, Elvira also did Manos, yeah. as did Rift Tracks Live. Um, and Rift Tracks Live is actually the ones responsible for giving birth to the theory that Torgo's masturbating at the window. Um, so you have you have them to thank for that. <laughs> um, I will say this: How dare this movie cast two of my aunts in that closing scene? How how dare they go to Flower Mound, grab my two aunts, and put them in this movie? That is an atrocity and i hope they got paid scale that's all i'm saying they better got sad cards out of this <laughs> there was marge's sisters there was those two women i was just watching it i was like you know i watched it late so i was watching it at like 11 30 at night i'm like is that aunt joanne <laughs> did they do it that's the best time of day to watch me. This is late at night when you're kind of loopy. <laughs> like, is that my Aunt Joanne? She, she would have been in that area, I guess, about around the same time. So it could have been. Yeah, this, uh, film, this film is something else. It really is. It's fun. This film upset me <clears throat> on a lot of on a lot of levels. This film upset me. Um, the um, the solid seven minute sequence of women yelling at each other. Um, just, just or the or the full minute and twenty eight seconds it took for Torgo to get up from the floor. Yeah. Well, you mean when he comes and wakes him up because he's yes. sleeping on the floor. Torgo yep. should have had a Pearl style prequel <laughs> to this movie. <laughs> well, he does. The Rise of Torgo. I have not seen the Rise of Torgo. I've only seen Manos Returns. But I've not seen Manos, The Rise of Torgo, but apparently that is supposed to be how he became what he is. And I love the fact that they wanted to try to telegraph that he's half man, half goat. By Wait, he's supposed to be half man, half goat? He's supposed to be half man, half goat. And How like, was I supposed to know? How was I supposed the, to know anything in this movie? <laughs> the legs. The legs were supposed to telegraph. He was the, just bow-legged. Those were supposed to be goat legs. One third of the men of that age that I know in Texas right now walk like that. Yeah, and instead what they did is they gave him Popeye legs. Yeah. yeah. Like Popeye's forearms they put in his legs. But yeah, those were supposed to represent that hiding under the pants were the legs of a goat. So he was supposed to be a satyr. How? How? Did they say it in the movie anywhere? Nope. Was that ever referenced in any way? Not in the movie, but uh, Harold, uh, Harold P. Warren had it in his script and in his description that he was a goat boy. And that was his way <sighs> movie, of telling man, us. This movie upset me. And this is another way that movie upset me is like, it's like you're not Warhol, man. I know you might think you are. I love, I love a good, um, a good narcissistic self-made movie uh, is more than anybody. It's one of my favorite things in the world. Um, but you got to tell me what you want. Like you gotta, you get, I'm not saying you got to spoon feed me, but you got to kind of get me there. There's no way for me to know Torgo was a goat man. There's nothing in the movie about Torgo being a goat man. He did have a weird staff with a hand on it. And they never said a thing about that. It's like from the beginning of the movie, are we, are we, 
are we foreshadowing this this that Manos has you know because once the master comes out and and gives in and, and and really gives us that Diana Ross arm flare uh, where we can <laughs> see the whole ass robe we don't know what's going on so is there did anybody write any books is there any fan fiction about Manos oh is there fan fiction I about mean, just Manos? about Manos yes. like is there lore that I can try yeah. to understand there are so many fan theories and fan fictions and all sorts of stuff there is a video game there is a coloring book there is uh you got uh, Manos Returns, Manos the Rise of Torgo. You've got the unfinished sequel called Manos the Search for the Valley Lodge. I you look look up Manos fan fiction and you're you got a treasure trove of crap. <laughs> All right. I'll report back. <clears throat> I'll report back my findings. Speaking of treasure trove of crap. Oh god. So uh, the Patreon is coming back in December, folks, and it's coming back full force because I found out another shit-tastic movie that exists Mr. Farmer has never seen. And I am just about as shocked as I am that he's never seen this one as I am about Manos, The Hands of Fate. Um, and the, the movie is turning 20 years old next year. Yeah. So um, – if you are a member of our Patreon, you will get access to this. If you're not a member of our Patreon, you're going to want to go now to patreon.com forward slash cult cinema catacombs and sign up. Uh, reason being is, is because we are going to be doing our next uh, audio commentary riff on the 2003 magnum opus the Citizen Kane of Bad Films, The Room, with Tommy Wiseau. I cannot believe you've not seen The Room yet. Listen, here's the thing. That's on That's on you, and that's <laughs> on... That, that, that's on um, That's on Rick Gutierrez. That's on every single person who has just assumed I've seen The Room, <laughs> and has just decided to talk about The Room like I've seen it, and I'm just like, yeah, okay. And I just walk off like, this motherfucker don't know I ain't never seen The Room, and I just never said anything about it. <laughs> well, be glad I have a digital copy of the film, which um, I'm sure if Tommy was so found out, he would hunt me down. So, uh, <laughs> but... Um, you, that's all I own the movie. I own time. I own so many copies of this damn film. Um, so yeah, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna pop that cherry. We're gonna we're gonna do the room. Yeah. All right. So all right. Um, now, you do you know anything about the history of the room or anything like that? Uh, not really. No. Okay. Well, the film costs seven million dollars to make. Just keep that in mind while you're watching the movie. Okay. Seven million dollars. <laughs> Seven million dollars in 2003 out of Tommy Wiseau's own pocket. It cost seven million dollars. And how he filmed the movie was um, he had a digital camera and a 35 millimeter camera taped together, simultaneously filming the movie. Okay. Why? Why? He said that's that's the twist. (laughs) And that, and that, according to co-star Greg Sestero, who plays his his friend in the film, uh, 
incredible guy. I've met him many times. He's the author of The Disaster Artist, and just Greg is hilarious. But he would say, uh, like with all, there's so many subplots in the room that have no resolution whatsoever, <laughs> and so many things being done ass backwards to make a movie and whenever tommy was was approached about it his response would be that's the twist this <laughs> so, yeah all right so yeah when 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 subplots drop out of nowhere and you want to know what happened to that subplot hey that's the twist if you want to know why the camera goes out of focus at one moment and then goes back into focus that's the twist if you want to know why it looks like at one at one point the scene is being shot on film, but then suddenly it looks like it's being shot on beta cam, that's the twist. <laughs> All right, I'm. I mean, I'm. You know, I'm gonna. I'm here for it. So let's 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 do it then in December for the Patreon fans. You get to hear me scream. Is Torgo in it? Is no. that the twist? Oh. No, no. But uh, the 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 great thing about this movie is is that the best way I could describe the room is is that it was a Skinamax movie that got lucky. <laughs> Speaking of, I want to spend like three episodes talking about Picasso Trigger, <laughs> the Andy Sedaris movie. Somebody, I can tell you, this is what somebody in high school taped it off of Cinemax, I think. Um. So when I was like 14, there was a bootleg copy of Picasso Trigger floating around my high school that we all got our hands on our junior high. I think it was, no, it would have been high school. Um, that movie holds such fond memories. And if you've got, if you've got a full moon feature streaming service, that bitch is on there. So I think all of his movies are on there now. They are. Yeah. They are. And I want to do a watch along. <laughs> Picasso. I want to do the most awkward watch-along ever of Picasso Trigger. It's not. It's by far not the horniest movie we've watched on this. What I love. This. What I love about his uh, about his films, by the way, is is that there's this clip from TikTok that Chris sent me, and he said, "Oh my God, I don't know what film this is from, but we need to find this movie." And it's the scene from Hard Ticket to Hawaii where they shoot. Uh, yeah. The, the infinite with the rocket launcher. With the rocket launcher. <laughs> yes. yes, it's like I'm watching the scene. And I immediately send him a message. Oh, this is hard ticket to Hawaii. I have this on Blu-ray. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, I've got this. I Can own I this movie. Does, does uh, Vinegar Syndrome or somebody have Picasso Trigger on like blue? I need to look. I gotta find it because that uh, movie. I know, I know Mill Creek uh, released a number of his films. That's how I get got Hard Ticket to Hawaii. I need to get Malibu Express also. Um, you need so, to get Picasso Trigger. Is what yeah, you need check, to do. Check Mill Creek. Check check Mill Creek to see if they have it. Um, but uh, yeah. All right. Well, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. If you celebrate it, um, I, I think we've given birth to a tradition where each each Thanksgiving we're going to look at a really shitty film and and not be like so bad it's good. It's like a really shitty film to explore why it's such a shitty film and what better way to start it off than with one of the worst films ever made manos the hands of fate by the way i really want you to do and you can do it for patreon that's fine but i'm gonna put a i'm about to send you a christmas present care package oh god and i really want you to record your uh your reaction to that 
So um, <laughs> you can do it for Patreon. You can do it for whichever you want. If you want to, if you want to blow it up, you want to post it on Slasher. I don't care. But um, yeah, because Twitter uh, might be gone by the time we get yeah, to December. Who knows? Right. <laughs> so um, so I, I really want that because there's a couple items in there that um, that I really want to be able to see your face when you when you pull out of the box. Oh dear lord. Okay. <laughs> One of them I just saw at the antique store, and I was like, "Oh shit, yeah, I'm buying. This is going to roll. It's <laughs> just no way around it. That's what's happening." Oh. Um, all right, all right, yeah. So cool. I'm I'm glad I got to watch this movie finally after a million years, <clears throat> honestly. And I think that's part of the problem was that I've spent the last 25 years hearing about Mano's Hands of Fate, and it just didn't live up to the hype. It wasn't bad enough to live up to the hype. So wait I'm hoping the room, the room is wait till the room then. All right. You, you I, I will say this. Uh, you will probably get tired of seeing tits. Just like, I, I mean, it was, it, it, I, it, I had a reaction, a visceral reaction to it. Like I did with Showgirls, where <laughs> I just at one point screamed at the movie screen. We've seen it. Well, you know me. I got tired of seeing tits. Like 10 years ago. <laughs> I'm like, we've seen it. Do we? <laughs> Come on, it's like it's it's like that seated basic instinct when <laughs> you know when when Sharon Stone takes her top off again and Michael Douglas is like, yeah, I've seen it already, girl. I am, you know. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right, gang. Again, if you celebrate it, have a happy Thanksgiving. Um, and. Uh, yeah, if, are, we are floating on uh, the new app Slasher, Slasher app. Uh, we'll put our deets up on uh, Twitter just in case Twitter does fall and collapse like everyone is predicting. Um, and uh, we'll see you all on the flip side. <laughs> I take care of the place while the master is away. tonight and then tomorrow you must be you cannot stay the master would not uh, approve <laughs>